And we're back, folks, another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider Podcast video stream. We do it big over on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. It continues to get more and more response, and we continue to tackle the topics that you guys want us to hit. Topic today, more Ohio recruiting as things seem to be picking up steam down in the Buckeye State on the eve of the game which we will uh, get into as well before we do, as you always hear me say, uh, if you like this podcast, be sure to like it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it, whether that's on the podcast, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, or over on the YouTube page. Be sure to like and subscribe. That way you'll get a notification every time we do another video. But the best way to support, the best way to show love, the MichiganInsider.com on the 24-7 Sports Network. You see me wear it every single time. I do that for a reason, but now, more than ever, you should listen to this advice. Go over to the Michigan Insider, get your subscription down right now, because you can get an annual subscription for 75% off. This is, without question, the best deal of the year, seven cents a day, access to not only all the VIP intel over on the twenty four over on the MichiganInsider.com, but on every 24-7 Sports Network site. And then at the end of that promotional period, you also get access to Paramount Plus. Does not get better than this. Don't waste this opportunity. The Black Friday sale is going on now, but only for a limited time. All right, with that, let's bring in my fellas, my guys, my boys over at the MichiganInsider.com, starting with Steve Lorenz, who made it out to the Lions game yesterday. Steve, how are you? Good. Yeah, first Lions experience was a lot like a lot of other Lions experiences I've had over the years, just uh, live. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> great game though. Uh, electric atmosphere inside Ford Field. You know, I can't believe I'd never been to a Lions game before. I, I was telling Bryce I've been to Ford Field about fifteen times, probably for concerts. I, I think I went. I went to a college basketball game there once, uh, but never been for a Lions game. And it was, uh, yeah, it was quite an experience. It was a lot more fun than I thought it would be. Your first, your first Lions game ever. Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. No, I mean, like you know, my. Uh, when I was younger, my cousin played high school football. I went to the Dome like 10 times. I, I've been, like I said, I've seen Eminem at Ford Field. Like, I've done all this stuff at the stadiums, but I've never actually been uh, to an actual Lions game until until Sunday or until yesterday. So, uh, yeah, no, it was crazy. It was it was loud as hell in there. I mean, it was a lot more intense than, you know, maybe even anticipated. I know it was a, actually a, a game that mattered. Uh, so, I know that makes a difference. But, you know, That's it was – Best fan base in the NFL. If you it, not, I, that, at the at the Silverdome, it used to be a uh, huge. It was eighty five thousand people. That's why it didn't sell out. But yep. it got sixty five thousand regularly, and it was raucous, man, raucous, yep. raucous, raucous. So Lions fans do it big. That that was my first take. That was my biggest takeaway. Was if the if when the Lions do like figure it out and get really get it going, like it's you know Detroit's gonna be a tough place for opposing teams. To play, I mean, it was loud in there, and Buffalo still even traveled pretty well themselves. You know, there was a decent Buffalo contingent there, but when, you know, when it was, you know, kind of Lions time or whatever, uh, yeah, I mean, super, super loud in there. So yeah, Detroit is do you know? It's just be nice. You know how you know how the city will explode if any of those any of these four teams really get back to where they should be. You know, so that that was actually that was my biggest takeaway sitting in the stadium. If the Lions do it, though, it'll be bigger. We've seen the Tigers. We've seen the Pistons. We've seen the Wings. If the Lions ever do it, it'll be bigger than anything you've ever seen. 
It'll be bigger than Michigan winning the national championship, Michigan State winning the national championship in, in basketball. It'll be the biggest thing to ever hit this air. Guarantee you if the Lions ever do anything of significance. I just hope I'm alive to see it, right? I hope I'm alive to see it. Because yesterday, the players played well enough. Horrible job coaching. But I digress. This is the Michigan Recruiting Insider. So let's get back to the topic at hand. Bryce Marich, how are you? Doing good. I uh, definitely watched the game, and I'm like, they can't screw this up, can they? Yes. They had the announcer jinx, too. Steve was at the game. I don't know if, Steve, you've heard about it after the game, but Jim Nance was like, you know, the kicker's perfect. He hasn't missed a field goal all year and stuff like that. And 29-yarder shanks it. And right. I'm like, oh. And then hits the, hits the one. And the then it's it. – Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm like, well. Or to put him up. But, but I'm like, just, you know, they could always draft Jake Moody. I heard he's pretty good, too. So Yeah, man, one of those deals. All right, let's 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 go back to recruiting. Ohio recruiting was a heavy theme last week. And the Wolverines since then have picked up a a commitment from one of those targets that emerged, Breon Ishmael. So let's start with your your take on Breon Bryce. Uh this was one of those guys that is Michigan sort of uh you know revisited the target board and looked for emerging seniors. This was one of the guys that came up. Yeah, so if uh Breon, he's he's an interesting kid because you look at his size and his athleticism, and you're like, there's a lot to like here, but what's missing? Why why does he not have all these offers? Why is he not highly recruited? And I think again, it comes down to um, position wise, where does he fit? You know, is he a linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? And so I think for Michigan, they like him. I if I had a bet is more like a Jalen Harrell type of player where he can drop back. But at the same time, he can also come off the edge, um, you know, seal, contain, all that stuff. I think that's where you're looking at him to do in this defense, 6'5", 200 pounds. He's got a lean frame, so you can add a lot of muscle to him, build him up. Um, very raw, but at the same time, he's got all the tools in the toolbox to become a high – level player at the next level here from Michigan. I really like the pickup. I think, you know, he's a guy that can help them in terms of the defense of what he brings on that side of the ball, but also just Ohio recruiting. You know, anytime you can get a guy from Ohio, I look at it as a plus. I know he's friends with several of the, several of the other guys that took a visit for the Illinois game. So that's going to help as well. But overall, I think this is a good pickup by Michigan and, Big credit to Steve uh, Klingscale because this is all him, honestly. This is one of those recruitments where, you know, Michigan's kind of been looking, trying to find those hidden gems and stuff, and all of a sudden Michigan's finding all the success in Ohio recruiting, and I think large part is due to his efforts and his connections that he has within the state. Mm-hmm. Steve, Rian Espio. Yeah, malleable guy that can play could end up at a few different positions for them. Uh, it, it he's interesting to me because it feels like they've kind of been wanting maybe another edge, and we'll also know they've kind of been looking and wanting another linebacker. Uh, so he's kind of a guy that really could end up filling one or both, I guess, of those roles at, at some point in his career. So I like Michigan going into Cincinnati too. There's always a lot of good football players in Cincinnati. Uh, 
you know, it's, it's one of the areas in Ohio that is not as married to the Buckeyes as a lot of other areas in the state as well. I mean, in some races, Kentucky's usually the, or has become kind of the, the team in Cincinnati that that's always around, but either way, he, yeah, he's definitely, he's going to be like that guy we talk about on site is like an intrigue, one of the intriguing guys uh, in in this class. So, you know, I like the pickup. I think he's definitely a, he's not an instant impact kind of guy. I think he's definitely one of more and more of your year two or year three type kids who, who could really uh, blossom with a, with a little bit more uh, time in the weight room and a couple more years of, of like college coaching. So, uh, you know, I like it. I like, I like, you know, one thing Michigan's always done well is, is their, their late evals are usually pretty solid on the defensive side of the ball. Um, not, would not be surprised if he's a guy a couple years from now we're talking about as a, uh, you know, maybe, maybe somebody we're hearing great things about in spring camp as a contributor type deal. Yeah. One of the developmental guys that we kind of talked about more broadly, didn't narrow in on anyone specifically, but more broadly, uh, th- but this is a guy that fits that build. Uh, you know, Breon, I, I like the the comparison because I heard the same thing uh, when you talk about um, Jalen Harrell. Allen, when I talked to Allen about Breon, that's the name he brought up was was Jalen Harrell, and and so you see the you sort of compare their their paths to Michigan or their paths to the positions that they'll likely play because I see him as an edge as well. You know, Jalen was in kind of an edge guy who down at Tampa Berkeley prep, they, they started playing him. So he started playing Mike and Sam and playing, standing up in his high school career. Dad's a coach and uh high IQ guy, but you know, it was, it, he was more natural as that guy in the box playing the run. Right. And it's been more of a journey for him playing the pass and, and one that he's done fairly well uh in making the adjustment too but standing up playing a run that's that's his forte Breon his background is as a receiver right so he he's a receiver in his past they they train he transfers schools this year they start playing him at, at linebacker he actually plays some Mike I kind of see him maybe being like Jalen in a sense that he'll be an edge guy that might be more adept at you know playing coverage Right. And so you you kind of see how down the line is Michigan has situational pieces. Think about last year with Jalen, how they would play Dave Ajabo on pass rushing downs. And, you know, when they want to get big, when they want to play stand up stuff, especially against the run. Is Jalen Harrell in there? Jalen Harrell started the Big Ten championship game because they're playing Iowa heavy run team. You know, David Jabo is a would have been a first round draft pick, but Jalen Harrell was starting because in the situational sense, he fit better in that game for what they were gonna face. I kind of see Breon being the same kind of guy. You're gonna you wanna be a little a little more nimble on the edge, have a guy who could do a little better job in coverage than maybe a pure pass rusher or a guy who may be more be more adept at defending the run. This gives you that piece of the and if he develops into an every down guy, great. But situationally, you see a lot of teams kind of recruiting to that, and this is a guy that kind of fits that mold. Now, let's let's compare him to another guy who I find really intriguing, guys. I can't remember if we talked about him on last week's podcast, but he, he has jump-off-the-film athleticism to me. But Jason Hewlett out of Youngstown, Ohio, 
This is another Steve Clink scale special. And this is Clink's hometown. And Steve and Bryce, this is a guy who I fully anticipate if Michigan pulls him, this is one of those hidden gem or under the radar guys that we're going to be talking about down the line. We kind of talked about him a little bit, um, I think last podcast, but if we didn't, he's a now former Cincinnati commit. Um, and the reason why he kind of flew under the radar for his recruitment is because Sam, he broke his leg, his junior year. So that basically, you know, wiped out his junior year. And that's a very pivotal moment for high school recruitments because a lot of, you know, teams want to see that film. And so he came back, he recovered, and he's had an awesome senior to the point where Allen and 24-7 Sports talked it over and they bumped him up to a 90. And I think he's a four-star now. So he just, like I said, he just decommitted. He did take a visit kind of quietly under the radar for the Illinois game. He came up with his teammate, DJ Waller, who Michigan's in that recruitment very heavily for. And at the same time, you talk about a guy that can make a difference, though, early. I think Jason's one of those players. Man. You know, he's How- got the tools. He's got the length. He's got the speed. He's got the size. And he's a guy that he just – when you watch him play, too, he plays, you know, angry. He plays hard. He plays physical. He plays intense. He plays aggressive. I know, obviously, Don Brown loved aggressive players, too. But when you watch this defense, he would fit in perfectly. And again, I think the theme here is not only Ohio recruiting, but it's versatility. A lot of these guys, you can move. It's not like they're pitching hole to one you know, spot. You have to play, and that's all he can play. I think you can move Jason around a couple spots there. And so, again, this is a recruitment, I think, if Michigan can steal – this is what we're talking about, building that momentum, starting to flip some of these guys, and overall starting to see this class come together. Yeah, this one hits different, Steve. I, I think this can be an impact guy for Michigan. Now, maybe it's edge, but he's he's athletic enough. I He could be a will, uh, a big will. He can run. He's physical. I like this. If Michigan picks up, he'll. this will be a guy uh, that – I think fans maybe won't appreciate as much as they should. Maybe because he he got his fourth star, Steve, they they will. But uh, I'm glad that our analysts have picked up on it. The other networks have it, but ours clearly have. And I think the Wolverines are on to something chasing Jason Hughes. Probably of the Ohio guys we'll talk about, he's probably my favorite prospect of the four. Uh, And, yeah, you talk about going from an 87 to a 90. I know – I believe Allen bumped up Trey Pierce from from an 85 to an 89. Uh, These kind of trends are almost always indicative of, you know, that number, the second number, the new number is almost always the better representative. You don't see guys moving up their senior year unless there's tangible improvement uh, on the film. Uh, So to see a guy go from an 87 to a 90, a year after, yeah, after an injury really, you know, was a pretty big setback for him. I think bodes well, both for, yeah, Michigan, like outsmarting or getting in on a guy like this and B, yeah, for a guy that can make an impact earlier rather than later. We've seen plenty of guys rated 88, 89, 90 make early impacts 
for Michigan. And the biggest thing that usually gets him on the field is that athleticism. And he does have a size athleticism combination that, you know, yeah, a, a situation where I could see Michigan trying to figure out a way to get a kid like this involved. So yeah, Youngstown, another area uh, in Ohio, you know, where, where Michigan, I think they're hitting the right spots in the state, you know, and, 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 you know, we've said this plenty of times before, but really like the moves that they're making in, in these areas and, and with this, with the prospects that they're chasing. I think all four of the Ohio guys we're going to talk about are, are guys who may not, they, they might make impacts at different times and be on different paths to making an impact. But I think all four are, are more than capable of becoming impact players from Michigan eventually. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back uh, to Ohio recruiting in a minute uh, and talk DJ Waller. Uh, and, and Brian Robinson as well, for that matter. But uh, another guy to pick up where we left off last week that I'm really, I, I think, will, will really hit in college, who I think has been underrated. And we talked about him some last week with Cam Calhoun. I talked about how much I really liked him. But the only, my only hesitancy on on him was that he's he's light, like he's 170, maybe 170 pounds. Right, uh, but man, he can. He, he's so instinctive. He is such a high IQ player. You can you can see on film that he thinks the game, and you like that from a from a DB. And I also like this is the other part that I like Steve to kind of pick up on where we were last week. You know that he he's 170 pounds, and and probably a four or five guy at 170 pounds. Is actually encouraging to me. That's that's the thing about getting on a on a, a a late bloomer or an upside guy. Guys who haven't reached their physical peaks or haven't come close to reaching their physical peaks in high school. You get them in this college strength and conditioning program, and you could really send them to another level. I'm not saying he's Sauce Gardner. I'm again, please when I bring this up, don't think that I'm saying it. Oh man, this is Sauce all over again. No. What I'm bringing up is Sauce Gardner was a lanky, you know, super thin, rail thin guy at King. That, you know, you saw have some talent, some quickness, right? But you put him in a, in a college strength and conditioning program, and the guy becomes this beast. He can run. He's quick. He, he's, always, he's always been a smart player, always been a physical guy. He was just thin. And he just went through the absolute roof at Cincinnati. And I actually think that that's something that, again, not to say that he'll be Sauce Gardner good, Cam Calhoun, but my point is you take a guy like that, put him under Ben Herbert, and I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two we're talking about this being an impact player, whoever he commits to, but especially Evans, Michigan. I think the Wolverines are sitting pretty good for him, Steve. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you think of Jim Harbaugh wanting to nominate Ben Herbert for the Broyles Award, but he couldn't because he's not an on-field assistant. You know, I think that says a lot about, you know, I think Michigan has confidence in building players up in those types of positions, right? So, yeah, like a guy, which, to be fair, Calhoun's already ranked pretty highly. He's not a, uh, you know, not a 84-85 type guy that people would say Michigan is rolling. I mean, other significant schools are after him, Kentucky among them. Uh, but but yeah, and and we've talked how many times now about how corner is maybe Michigan's biggest need uh, in this class, and he would be an excellent 
compliment across the board. Uh, I've said before, I think Jermaine Matthews is really, really good. I would probably, I would definitely rank him higher than Cam Calhoun. I don't think the gap is as big as the rankings may suggest between the two. Uh, you know, made sense for Michigan to make a run at both guys, uh, but I think even just getting Calhoun, I think is a, is a huge win for Michigan. Uh, always interesting with me with some of these guys. I, I'm surprised other programs around the country don't throw their hat in the ring with a, with some of these guys. Cause I, I watch you turn on the film and it's like, these guys could play. These are power five, like football players for sure. Uh, you know, but Hey, to Michigan's benefit, you know, better to be going against just Kentucky than Kentucky and four or five SEC schools, I suppose. So, it's you know, doing DBs in, in the NFL for, for years. Now. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So, so definitely a school that you, that matters uh, when you're seeing the, the, yeah, that defensive back offer, but yeah, Calhoun right up there uh, would be a really one of the more important players in Michigan's class. If they can get him in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my, like I said, my only thing was, could he, could he be ready as a true freshman? Because I think, I, I think they're going to need a guy to be ready as a, as a true freshman. Maybe that's Jair Hill. You know, I know they're hoping that's Jair. He had another great visit. And as I talked about over on the MichiganInsider.com, you know, my sense is there in, in Michigan recruiting circles, the, the optimism is returning. Denard has really inserted himself into that recruitment in a meaningful way. How meaningful remains to be seen, but noteworthy to me. You've heard me talk about Kankakee before. You go to Kankakee, you feel like you're in the South. You really do. Like you're in a rural southern town. It's more like a, a rural southern town than it is like Chicago. I mean, it's just not Chicago, right? So you that's why you heard me talk about so frequently when we talk about Jair is, is it, it's not just distance from home. It's the difference from home, if that makes sense, right? And could could Michigan make him feel more comfortable because – you know, you're wondering what is, what's the, I mean, Michigan, Illinois, I know, at least that's how you felt in the offseason. Now, Illinois had a really good season. Ryan Walters, their D.C., is absolutely legit. I think if you're hearing Sharon's name in head coaching uh, chases, and you should be hearing Jesse Minter's name being mixed, uh, mentioned, uh, Ryan Walters is definitely a guy, too. He, he, that dude is legit. So you, you get it more now than you did during the offseason, but I don't know, Bryce. Even now, if you're the what these two programs, the 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 platform, the pedestals that that they're on is just different. So if you're a high profile guy and you want to compete for championships, it just seems like a no brainer, right? But there's more to it clearly for Jair than that, and that's where a guy like Denard comes in. Uh, and my sense in talking to people talking to folks in Michigan recruiting circles is that those two have really connected. They really bonded. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, very similar, you know, Denar coming from the South, coming way up here to Michigan. I think the same sort of feel would be at play for, for Jair coming from Kankakee to Michigan and, and we'll see, but I'm sensing a lot more optimism about Michigan, where Michigan stands with him right now. He looked like he was having a good time when he was on the field last week. Yeah. I, when I, you know, when I saw him pregame and obviously even after the game, I mean, he was acting like he won the game. I mean, he seemed pretty excited, which normally you don't see recruits, you know, 
they're just there visiting. It's not like they really have much for the game of, you know, who they care, who wins or not. But we kind of talked about it going into this trip. Like, is winner takes all, gets Jair Hill, essentially. And, I mean, yeah, obviously they hope. Um, and, he, you know, he didn't make the trip alone. He came up with family. I think he came up with his coaches as well. And this isn't uh, the first time. Yep. And so I think going back, though, to Denard, I think initially when he got hired, the expectations were extremely high just because of who he is and, you know, he's icon and here in the Michigan circles. Um, but he needed to find his footing in terms of recruiting and also kind of going back because he hadn't been recruited since when he ever came to Michigan. That was over a decade ago. So recruiting has changed. But what hasn't changed is the relationship piece when it comes to recruiting. And that's where Denard thrives. And I think this is a big thing Michigan needed in terms of the recruiting department. Is a guy that you had with Courtney Morgan, Ashawn Larkins, that was just easy. You know, they could connect with guys instantly on campus for whatever reason. If it's just because, hey, we grew up eating the same type of food or, hey, the type of area or whatever it is, Denard seems to be able to connect with guys from all different places and a variety of reasons. And I think this is one recruitment that it could be a feather in Michigan's cap and really help them ultimately win this recruitment. I was leaning towards Illinois. Me too. Weeks ago. I, I just thought Illinois, what they had been doing this season, you mentioned the D.C. You mentioned also the product on the field. And you watched the defense even on Saturday. <laughs> was still very impressive. Hey, you man. know. And so I could see why. I don't know if you guys watched the, the, the film studies. Because uh, they, oh, my God. They take so long. And by the time we get to the end of them, on Mondays, because you know Monday, I'm obviously doing the show from from six a.m. and then Devin comes in at nine, and we do we do his live breakdown. And right after the show, we go in and we record his film study, which takes a few more hours. Then Borges comes in at like between one and two, and you know generally I, I could get out of here as late as midnight, right? Ooh, you need a cup and, of coffee. And that's just Monday. That's not even recording. We don't record it until Tuesday. You need a cup of but coffee. I start, I start cutting it down, right? I was like, so I'll watch the video on my own, Al. You watch the video, and then we'll just we'll watch the film as we go through and do the telestration. But because what he used to want to do, this is going somewhere. What he used to want to do was we do the telestrations, and then we watch, and then we watch the whole video all over again, right? So now, mm. now we're adding a whole nother watch to it, right? I was like, man, Al, I can't do that, man. I mean, that's that's like that'll be my fourth time watching the game. The Illinois game, I did it. The Illinois game, we we stayed and we watched the whole game again. Illinois is legit. So I I I offer that to Michigan fans who are looking at this and saying, why is Michigan in a battle with Illinois? It made sense to say that in the offseason, but now after you see them play. And then you see that defense, you see some of the things that they do. Man, they're they're legit. They're they're DC. I'll say they're DC. Their defense is legit. I'm not that sold on their offense. But they're DC and Ryan Walter. Yeah, man, I get it. I, I understand fully some of the, the intricacies of their defense are just next level stuff that you don't see other teams in college football doing. So only guy's been more impressive than Walters has been Jesse Mentor. So that 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 whole soliloquy was. 
Don't don't not Illinois as a as a uh, as a bum in this mix. They're legit, and it's I'm not ready to say that Michigan's gonna get Jair. That's how legit I think Illinois is. I I, I sense that optimism coming from Michigan class circles, and I I'm certainly Steve. I'm certainly feeling more optimistic about Michigan's chances, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready to to say, oh yeah, they're they're getting them. I still think Illinois is is right there. They've had a good season. They've shown him some promise. I still think it's some work to do for Michigan to kind of, you know, kind of um, bring that one home. Yeah, this has been like the longest recruitment of the cycle for the Michigan staff, right? Uh, by the way, also on Illinois, isn't Witherspoon's one of the best individual players Michigan has? Right. played against all season long. That dude stands out uh, in a big way. Like, that's a guy, Lions, maybe, some point in the draft next year. I don't know what where he they projects. Just, they just drafted Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Kirby Joseph's looking there, good, right? There you go. There you go. I mean, and Withers, man, you talk about, yeah, a guy that jumped off the – even just watching it live. Uh, but, no, I mean, this – yeah, this we've talked about how important this recruitment is. And so it, it's – it's yeah, Michigan hasn't caught – a ton of breaks, you know, with Illinois being be, turning out to maybe be the best team in the Big Ten West this year. Um, you know, yeah, it just it does. It just comes down to to closing it out. I think we talked about last time we talked about him was it, does it really comes down to does he want to play in a big time stadium in a big time atmosphere type thing, right? I, we've talked a lot about his hometown, not your typical Illinois, like what you think of when you think of Illinois. Uh, it's clear that that's half that has to be some factor in this because Illinois was Illinois mattered in this one before the season started, before they started to look impressive. This is not a Illinois coming on strong because they've taken big steps under Bielema. I mean, they were already the other school kind of here with Michigan in this one. So yeah, it really comes. It, it's, you know, you talk about that feel that the prospects get when they, when they go to a certain place versus another, I think Michigan at the end of the day, I think that that's what they're going to have to hope. Uh, that he leans towards because, I mean, it's getting to the point now, you know, it's just hard. what more they really can't do much more to to talk, to tell him or convince him of anything. I really think it comes down to, you know, his comfort level, the family's comfort level, uh, you know, and, and yeah, if he wants to play in that, that big house type atmosphere. Yeah. Big time stuff, big time recruit. And then there was, there was Aaron Gates who popped up Bryce and, you were like, wait a minute, <laughs> snapshot, right? I mean, that's another big-time guy, another big-time target, almost as long as uh, as Jair, not as highly rated, but Michigan has pursued him like he is a major, major target for them, the Florida commitment out of Sharpsburg, Georgia. Yeah, so he's a guy that Steve Klingscale offered, I think, a couple years ago one of the satellite camps. So they've known him, they've known the family extremely long, um, Sam, I went out to see him in the spring or I think, yeah, last spring. Mm-hmm. And he had talked to me about that connection he has with coach Klinkscale and just what he thinks of Michigan overall. And at the time he still was giving Michigan a pretty hard look. Um, his senior year came around. He was still committed. We weren't sure where things were going. Cause he came up for the spring game. Then he came up for the barbecue, but then people are wondering, is he ever going to make a game? And he had been keeping pretty quiet, keeping his recruitment close to the vest. Um, and all of a sudden, he's walking the sidelines 
pregame at the Michigan Illinois game. So instantly I went to digging, hit up Florida circles, Michigan circles, kind of seeing where things stood there. And it was evident to me after talking to several people that Michigan's still making a very strong push there. Now, what comes of it, I'm not 100% sure because I also talked to people on the Florida circles and they felt still pretty confident that he was going to stay in the class. Um, but it's always a, a sign, at least a telling sign to me, that he came up here, which he didn't have to do. You know, Now he is taking official visit to Florida um, December 9th. And he, the weekend prior to this trip to Michigan, he was at Florida. So it's not like he's not staying Florida constantly as well. But he didn't have to make this trip. He really didn't have to. There was no need for him if he really didn't want to. And all in all accounts of what I also heard from Florida was he also tours ACL. And after he tours ACL, Florida, the coaching staff made it a point to him and his family that you're still one in this class, even though that injury happened. And sometimes coaches feel type of way. Maybe they're not as high at a kid because you don't know how he's going to come back from a severe injury like that. They made it clear that you're still wanted. We still want you in this class in the fold. But at the same time, he made this trip, and it makes you wonder, what does he still think of Michigan? And so I know he definitely did enjoy the trip. I know that for a fact. I know he is still thinking of Michigan, still considering Michigan. But I'm not getting my hopes up on this. This is one of those recruitments where I feel better than than maybe like a Tyler Scott that came up on the trip here this past weekend. But it's just one of those interesting things of where Michigan's been doing stuff quietly and, you know, behind the curtains that people don't know about. And this is one recruitment, if they could flip, this is one I think they'd be doing jumping jacks for and backflips for because he is exceptionally talented. He comes from an academic family and he comes, this made his third trip as well. And the biggest thing we talk about kids outer region, you got to get them up at least a few times. And he had been up for a spring game. He's now seen the barbecue at the big house, that type of experience, more laid back, chill type of vibe. And then he came for a game. So he's seen it all at Michigan. Like we talked about with Jire Hill, it's a matter of at this point, does he want to, stay committed to Florida, which right now, Florida, I think they just lost to Vanderbilt. So it's not like things are going great over in Gainesville, you know, or does he want to join a team that at this point is basically competing for the playoffs year in and year out? That's the question in my head. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's make the fans feel good and bring them back to a, a couple of guys here closer to home that were also on campus last week. They should feel good about getting back to the Ohio recruiting. You mentioned the name earlier, Steve, but DJ Waller, Dewan Waller, uh, a guy who is another one of those intriguing pieces. And we kind of talked a little bit about him last week, not quite knowing exactly 
what he is. I mean, is he is he just a long? Is he a safety? Could he be a long corner? The more we talk to people, or more I talk to people about it, about him, the more I think they're gonna if Michigan gets him, that they uh, that they'll give him a shot at corner. But he he's also a guy at six three and about one hundred ninety pounds who could grow into a linebacker. But I bring him back up because I in the last week I feel even. It's trending even more in Michigan's direction uh, now, especially with how things are looking with Jason Hewlett, too. So, yeah, so where Ishmael is a guy that projects to a few positions like linebacker and forward, uh, Waller's a guy that projects potentially to linebacker or somewhere or backwards in the defense, right? Safety or corner, like you said. So another intriguing piece and another guy just realized uh, bumped from an 86 to an 88 on 24-7 sports the other day. So, you know, another guy, you know, Allen's Allen's the best, right? We all know that. If Allen vouches for a guy or Allen has a guy bumping up a few spots this late in the process, he's definitely somebody worth paying attention to. Uh, I think Waller is, yeah, another um, – a lot of similarities with him and Ishmael as far as, like, being a, being a high-ceiling guy, not a, maybe a first-year impact guy, but a guy that down the road uh, we're going to be hearing a lot, like 6'3", you know, guys like that don't come around. Uh, they're not the easiest type of prospect to find, right? It's it's really comes down to how fluid and how athletic are they at that size. You know, so we talk about, you know, Michigan not actively trying to fill a safety spot. Maybe they, they may take one, it looks like. But but Waller's a guy that, yeah, could potentially fit a few different positions for them. And, yeah, I, I love the mentioning of and talk about Harrell earlier. Yeah. So much more scenario based, like, you know, create as many different looks with as many different players as you can defensively. We see it with Michigan, particularly in the front seven. Uh, Makari Page, a, a, a guy that Michigan moves around into different areas, you know, depending on down and distance. So, you know, guys like this, there are roles for these guys, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be uh, pigeonholed into one position necessarily. I mean, a few of these guys are players that we may see. Uh, in different roles throughout their careers and then different on different down and distance, like I said. So yeah, Waller, another really high ceiling guy. I mean, they got to like, like I said, they're picking and choosing what feel like some right spots uh, in Ohio. And another guy with Kentucky offer who Kentucky is recruiting pretty hard, you know, and when we talk about them having a decent line of success at the defensive back position. So yeah, another one to not just to kind of dismiss if Michigan is able to get him. I mean, he's another riser and, and a guy that, like we said, could play a few different spots. Well, fans love to hear about the highly rated guys, the highest rated guys, right? We're going to have one as a guest on this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, Brian Robinson. You've seen him before. We had him in studio for an interview back before the season. Uh, just an outstanding prospect uh, in the state of Ohio. Also a Youngstown guy, Austin Town Fitch. Uh, 24-7 has him rated as the number 11 edge in the country, number 152 overall. Obviously a four-star prospect, the top 247 guy. Uh, and a guy that's been up to Michigan a couple more times, Bryce, and it just seems like every time we see him, Brian's feeling more at home. Yeah, and this is one recruitment where he's got 30 offers but Michigan has always been kind of standing out as one of his favorites. You know, I know he hasn't trimmed it down, but Michigan's always been there. He's now taken a couple trips up for game day uh, visits. And I think what's 
the most impressive about Brian is the person himself. Sam, we got to meet him and his dad in studio. And we talked, we did the interview. But then afterwards, we talked to them for another, what, 25, half hour. Mm-hmm. And you talked to him and you're like, Jim Harbaugh would love this kid. You just, you're just like, this is the type of kid that you know is going to excel at Michigan on and off the field. That is exactly the type of guy you want in your program, you know? And so team first guy, always trying to help the team, but he's instantly grown to the point of where he's now this edge rusher where when you talk to his dad and you talk to him, he thought he was going to potentially be playing quarterback. You know, and all of a sudden he's bulking up, he's getting bigger, he's in the weight room nearly every day. He did he's doing dance lessons, he's working on his footwork there. He posted a video of that. So he's a very intriguing prospect and a guy that I think Michigan fans are probably in the back of the head every time you hear Ohio prospect, what do you think of? Especially if they don't have Ohio State offer. Oh, well, Ohio State's gonna offer, they're gonna get him, just like that. But in this case and in this scenario. I'm not so sure, even if they offer, that he's going to go running to Columbus to play for the Scarlet and Gray. You know, I think what Michigan's done in terms of their foundation, in terms of his relationship with Steve Kleinscale, who's from the same neighborhood as them, uh-huh. it's one of those deals, in my opinion, one of these recruitments where I think Michigan's going to be tough to beat in the end. And I know right now Steve Mulfong had put in a crystal ball prediction for Michigan favoring them. I'm kind of toward, I'm leaning towards doing the same as well there. I really like where Michigan stands this recruitment. Yeah, Steve, I, I don't know at this point, and I'm not trying to start anything. I, I'm just getting to how I interpreted it. The dude has 30-plus offers. I mean, you know, SC just came across the country to offer him, right? If I'm him, and you got to believe Michigan is emphasizing this, if Ohio State comes in right now, I mean, what's, what was the holdup? What was the whole of it? I mean, that has to be what Michigan, part of what Michigan is saying to him. And it's, it's another one of the reasons why I think Kentucky will be the fiercest competition because those two programs have been on him the longest. I would argue have the strongest relationship with him. He's doing his due diligence. And I'm not saying that he's guaranteed to go to one of those schools, but I think, I, I think those two schools, this is my opinion. I, I think those are the favorites and everyone else is chasing at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you're Michigan, you better be – that's what you better be saying to him. I mean, and, and at some point this approach, like, has to – it's going to have to bite Ohio State and maybe a couple individual recruitments. I mean, yeah, there are guys out there, if they come in and offer, uh, you know, that's still going to hold some major sway. But, I mean, it's not like Ohio State's hosted him. You know, he's been there. They've had plenty of opportunities to to offer and, and have not – and so, yeah, I mean, you're kind of wondering, you know, what what's the holdup? I always have a suspicion in these kind of recruitments. I, I kind of wonder if they really do think that he would go, like that he may go to Michigan anyway or, or choose Michigan or Kentucky and they don't want to offer and, and give that mm-hmm. vic, that victory. to you Because know, there are recruitments I feel like in the past Michigan has won where Ohio State's almost held off. Um, Nolan Rumler. Maybe one, right? Didn't Ohio State offer either really late? Didn't they offer like really late or like right before he committed or something? You know, like it's like they knew that kid was heading to Michigan. Uh, 
you know, don't want to make, don't want to create the perception that Michigan beat Ohio state for a, for a top guy in state, you know? And so that, to me, that'd be one possible reason why they, why they haven't offered. Uh, like I said, it's clear they've been trying to string them along. I mean, they're, they're inviting him to campus. They're inviting him to games for visits. It's not as if, you know, they're not recruiting him or they're not aware of, you know, how, how much he's being recruited by other schools. So yeah, I mean, he's got USC, Virginia Tech, Washington. I mean, he's got schools, Texas A&M. He's got schools all over the country uh, that are recruiting him. So, yeah, if you're Michigan, that'd be 100% where I'm going with it. I mean, same with uh, Luke Hamilton, the offensive lineman, right? I mean, exact same situation, you know, where it's like, you, what more do you need to see at this point if you, you know, if, if you don't think I'm worthy of the, like, either get on the, what is it, get on the pot or whatever the pot one is. Um, get off the pot. Yeah, yeah, crapper, get off the pot. Yeah, um, yeah, I kind of flubbed that one. But uh, anyways, like, that whole deal, though, is like, you know, these guys got to be kind of wondering that at this point. Junior season's over. They know, they've seen, they have your junior film. Uh, what's the hold up? And, and Michigan should be taking that to the bank. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get to Brian Robinson. Uh, before we do, I want to tease something. Coming up on an upcoming edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, we talk a lot of NIL, right? Well, there is an NIL opportunity that I think will very soon come to student-athletes across the country, but I think student-athletes at the University of Michigan will be exposed to it first, all right? Or they'll be among the early adopters. There is a new platform a new, uh, you know, digital audio platform called Distinct. Now, uh, you guys, I'm sure, you know, you, there, there are things that connect this, right? Uh, you know, things that we know, voices that we trust in sports, music, history, and culture. And as a marketplace platform, Distinct is a first-of-its-kind opportunity for everyone, for everyone to claim ownership of their personal soundtrack, right? So, uh, you know, let's say you want to have a unique perspective as part of your collectibles, a unique perspective on Ann Arbor. And what if you could get that perspective from Jim Harbaugh himself? Well, Jim, uh, he has teamed with Distinct. He is uh, a member and an early adopter for the Ann Arbor digital collector, digital collectible. It's Ann Arbor featuring Jim Harbaugh. It's the first audio digital collectible available as part of their college town collection. And it evokes the sights and sounds of the town and it resonates with everyone who has spent time there. Well, Jim is lending voice to that. Uh, as always, Distinct Digital Collectibles, all owners of Ann Arbor will be privy uh, not only to owning uh, that digital collectible, but also specially themed utilities, benefits, and experiences that could include ownership, of an Ann Arbor-themed digital piece, uh, three such gifts. And then there are going to be invitations to owners-only events, owners-only events that we here, this crew over at the Michigan Insider, uh, might be participating in. Just to put that on your radar, but if you want a sampling of exactly what I'm talking about, of the Jim Harbaugh Ann Arbor digital collectible, well, here is here is one of those, uh, one of those collectibles that you can uh, – you can watch to kind of get a feel for what it's all about. If you know, you know. Ann Arbor, Michigan, the 734. There's just nothing like it. From the moment you side saddle the river to you first step on the diag, 
you realize it's more than a destination. It's more than an institution. And it's even more than Saturdays in the fall. Although those are pretty special. So, Jim Harbaugh, Digital Collectible, on sale now at distinct.so. Distinct.so, only a 1,000 available. And again, you grab hold of one of those, uh, you will be invited to an exclusive event that might feature. Might, you might see the crew there. Maybe it's a Q&A. Maybe it's a Chalk Talk. Who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it's after the recruiting class is done and we're talking about the signees. Could be any of those things. So don't miss out on the opportunity. Uh, we'll get to now our chat with Brian Robinson. And we are here with our special guest on this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider with a gentleman that you guys met back in the summer. He was one of the visitors to barbecue at the big house with the highest ranked prospects on Michigan's board, regardless of class. And he is coming off of another outstanding campaign outstanding junior campaign has over 30 offers to his credit his name is brian robinson from austin town fish down in youngstown ohio brian how you doing i'm doing good how you been been great man glad to be back with you so we can look back over the season and talk about how things went talk about how things are going on the recruiting trail let's just start off with the year i know you were looking towards getting back on the field you were coming back from a a season where you had some injuries. So reflect for me. How did things go for you on the gridiron this year? The season was great. I had a blast. You know, I missed two games because, you know, injuries, broken ankles. But I got back. I was back for playoffs, so that was great. And I just right. balled out. Right. And so kind of kind of take me through your your game you know I saw you putting in so much work I mean you we see your gym routine we see you grinding we see your diet we see all the things that you're putting into being a better player so where where did you think you improved kind of break down your game for me this past year man really I improved a lot with my technique explosiveness and then a real big another big part of it course with my father just pushing mm-hmm. me him keeping keeping drive, keeping his foot on my neck <laughs> right so do you remember what your stats were from this past season yes sir what were they at 75 17 tfls block field goal two forced fumbles a fumble recovery was seven sacks okay and so and two pass breakups. So height, weight, 40. I mean, you put in so much work in the lab, and you're at the gym right now doing this interview. So where are you, height, weight, speed? What are your measurables at this point? 6'5", 245, 7-foot wingspan. I ain't clocking new 40 yet, so I'm still waiting on that. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so you've definitely been making the rounds on the recruiting side of things. You've added more offers. I saw SC offered you uh, recently, so that continues to go up. Other than Michigan, which we'll get to, and Ohio State, which I know you visited the first game of the season, have you been to any other places this fall? Yes, sir. Been to Penn State, Kentucky, Pitt. I've been, I've been a little bit everywhere. Okay. Let's have a 
Okay. Yes, sir. I, been... I, I'll single out. Let me single out a few of those. What was the Tennessee visit like? It was great. It was checkers game. I was like, I, I was shocked a little bit. Okay. What about game? So. Okay. And who did they play that? What What game was it? Florida. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they got that one done. What about the Penn State game? What Penn State game did you go to? I went to the <laughs> the Penn State wideout against Minnesota. Okay. That game. That it was a different type of energy. They had the Panther app with the lights flashing. I was like, man, like they got a whole setup. Okay. Was that your first time ever at Penn State? My first game. My first game okay. day visit. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so what, what do you think about Penn State at this point? What coaches are you connecting with over there? Tell me about your relationship with the Nittany Lions. Man, it's great. Talk to Coach Franklin on a weekly basis. Coach Franklin, Coach Scott, Coach Walker. Those those my guys. Okay. Now, you went to the Ohio State uh, game uh, when they played Notre Dame. Are you going to be at the game uh, with them in Michigan tomorrow? Yes, sir. I will be there. Okay. All right. So I know you're you're cool. You're tight with with Coach Johnson, man. So kind of kind of tell me about that relationship, and what exactly is Ohio State telling you about the offer? Have they updated you on where that stands? We just taking the process slow. They're saying we still coming for you. Still one of the top prospects. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still a highly recruited target for him. So, okay. And so what about Coach Johnson? I mean, that, that seems like one of the coaches that you're closest to in this entire process. Yes, sir, definitely, especially being my positional coach. Just showing me how I can improve my game, especially working on the first step, keeping extension, using your length. Yes, okay. sir. All right. And so Kentucky, I know you're close with, with Coach Morrow. I know that that's a school that you're really familiar with. What Kentucky game did you go to, and what's the vibe like? I mean, what's Kentucky saying to you? What do you think of the Wildcats at this point? I mean, they're great. Coach Merrill, that's like my uncle. I went to the to when they played South Carolina. Okay. Yes, and sir. so where, where, do, where does Kentucky kind of stand with you? Tell me what you think of that program and how you might fit and where you are, where you think you are on their list. What do you think about Kentucky right now? I mean, they're a group. They're a great program and then coach white he my positional coach definitely shows me how he can develop me shows me how yeah have me standing up on the edge hand in the dirt where i could drop back into coverage so michigan now tell me if i got this right i remember seeing you at the hawaii game then i think i saw yes, you sir. at the penn state and then i saw you at the penn state game then i saw yes, you again at the illinois game so I mean, you, it feels like you're kind of a regular up in Ann Arbor now, Brian. Did, did I get all the stops right? Was it three times, three games? Yes, sir. All right. So I'm curious. I mean, you've, you've been three times. What are your biggest takeaways? I mean, what, 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 have you, what have you gathered? What have you learned about Michigan? What more do you know about Michigan? How, what do you feel about Michigan now that you've been up there three times this season? Man, it feels great. Just keeping the connections with the coaches, Coach Ronnie, Coach Mike Elton, Coach Minner, especially, you know, Coach Klinkscale, Youngstown Ties, Coach Harbaugh, 
The consistency. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you mentioned Coach uh, Coach Klinkscale, who you've had a long-standing relationship. I know your dad was talking about uh, being childhood friends. I think it's the same street they grew up on. I mean, we we know all of that. So you know him, though. It, it's been about getting to know the other coaches. So what's the vibe been like with Coach Elston? What do you think of Coach your would-be position coach? What do you think of him? Man, he, that, that's my guy. He's been great. He always keeping the energy up in the room. What do you think about the performance of, of the defense this year, the D-line especially? Have you been paying uh, close attention to that? Oh, they've been killing. Say They, they say they, they use me like Morris. Come standing <laughs> up, use, coming off. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. And Coverage what, a little what, bit. Okay. So one of the things that jumps out at me, Brian, in – sort of getting your recaps, you always talk about kind of connecting with Jim Harbaugh every time you come. Like, you, there's always that moment where you two come come together. So what's that about, man? I mean, it, it kind of seems like you're establishing a particular vibe with him. Is that fair to say? Yes, sir, definitely. Coach Harbaugh just a down-to-earth dude. Real cool, real laid back. You check on you, check on you, no, don't matter, the time and day. It could be eleven at night. He'd call you. Oh, how you doing? He <laughs> just—that's the type of guy he is. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that also stands out is you go all these places, you get a chance to start establishing a vibe with other recruits, right? And I'm sure that happens at every place. But you've been to Michigan three times, and so I'm curious: yes, are there are there particular specific recruits? that you've connected with? Because I'm thinking of, of some comments you gave one time about Jaden Davis and Mason Curtis. But are there any any guys in particular that have made their way to Michigan? You've been up there at the same time as them that you've started to connect with at all? <laughs> yes, sir. There's a couple of Youngstown ties. Okay. You know, you, so, had, you had DJ Waller go up there. He go to okay. Cheney. You know, he's down the street. So, yeah. So, let's – Let's get to the let's get to them in a moment. I'm building up to the Youngstown guys, the Youngstown crew, because Michigan feels like they're coming for Youngstown hard. Tell me about Jaden Davis, because you know in Michigan is clearly in a uh, in a position, a high position with Jaden Davis right now, right? And it, it sounds like you know at least that time you guys were together that there was a little like could a little connection for me. So what did he say to you? Kind of take me back through that interaction. Did you get a chance to watch his game? And what, what was the vibe like with Jaden Davis? Yes, on the same team. The oh, wait, same wait, thing wait. with Mason Curtis. No, you broke up. You Say that again. He said what now? You could definitely see us on the same team. Say he don't want to play against me. And definitely with Mason Curtis, he, he coming heavy with me. He like, come on, B. Come on. He said, you've been up too many times. He said, just make it happen. Okay. All right. So. You mentioned Youngstown. So DJ Waller uh is a guy that, that Michigan is is really, really coming for, but he's not the only one. Uh because it it feels like to me, and I'm not asking you to give anything away, Brian. I would not put you in that position. But when I look at guys who Michigan is really, really trending with right now, one of the guys I feel like they're trending with the most is right there in your hometown. Mr. Jason Hewlett. So 
kind of tell me about your relationship with them and you know are you guys talking about Michigan at all you you Jason you DJ what what's what's the talk what's the word I mean that that's family that's family so we just just saying what's the best decision right now you know just taking it slow not jumping okay. too far into nothing right Okay. Well, you know the saying, game recognizes game, right? So I need I yes. need your perspective on, on them. So let's start with DJ. Tell me about DeJuan Waller. For people who haven't seen him play, kind of break down his game. What, what should we expect to see if we go to watch him on the football field? And explosive, aggressiveness. DJ going to go attack that ball. And he's okay. a hard hitter, too. So I'm lay the wood. Okay. All right, and then, yeah, I don't think that this that this term uh, is inappropriate. When I call Jason Hewlett a freak, I I think that people are sure are, are soon going to be exposed to that as they get to know more about his game. But give me your perspective on, on Jason, his game, and what he brings to the table. Oh no, you definitely right here, freak. Like he he just he just go, yeah, he attack that ball. He could, he's just an athlete. He could, he could play any position on that field. Okay. So, Defense, offense, don't matter. He, he is a freak. Yes, he is. So, I mean, you guys knowing one another, you called him family. You're on campus at the same time. Was there a conversation? Was there talk about what it would be like if you guys brought Youngstown to Michigan? Oh, yes, sir, definitely. It, so, it, was, it was some conversation. Okay. It was some conversations. Uh, all right. So kind of where are you in in your recruitment at this point, Brian? I mean, you got a whole another year before you even have to think about making the decision if, if you want it to be that way. Uh, have you thought about how long you want your recruitment to play out? Are you going to take it well into your senior year? What are you thinking? Just discussing that with my father. Just taking it slow, focused on training. Like, you see, I'm in a gym. I'm just working. I'm going to continue to work, get bigger, get better, faster, stronger. I got to come out looking ridiculous. Okay. So as far as improvement, I mean, what's the next step for you? What's the next level in your game? What are you looking to add? Where are you looking to improve? Just really? Man, everything, honestly. You, you can never you, – nobody's perfect, so you just work on every aspect of your game. Right. I hear that. And then uh, as far as recruiting is concerned, I mean, where is Michigan with you right now, Brian? I mean, real talk. What, where does Michigan stand on your list? You got 35, 36, almost 40 off. You probably got 40 offers right now. How does Michigan sort of fit in that mix for you at this point with all the offers that you have? They're definitely in the top three. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm just in the top three. Okay. So you gonna give us any clues or hints of who the other two are? I mean, can we know who the top three are? Anonymous. Anonymous okay, right I now. got you. All right, so let's do this for me then. Let's let's pretend that whenever you make your decision, because you said you're taking it by you, don't have a real timeline right now. Sounds like is that fair to say? No real timeline. Yeah. All right, so let let's assume you get to that moment when you are getting ready to make your decision, and you and Dad, you're sitting down talking over what you're going to do, what are going to be those factors, man? What are you going to be talking about? What are going to be the things that lead you one way over the other? Well, education is going to be first. 
what, what I'm a major in, how can the school help me and develop me with my skill? And then, you know, football lasts to us. So football come after. You still want a great program. You know, the goal is to get to the pros. And I want that golden jacket. I, I want to be a Hall of Famer. Okay. I hear that, man. So uh, what's next? You got any other visits other than Ohio State this weekend that you know you have lined up, whether it's the uh, first couple of weeks in December or into next year, you know some places that you're definitely going to be getting to? Clemson, back down to Jackson State, and then out west, hit the west coast. Okay. So you're going to go check out SC yes, while you're out there? Yes, sir. I got you. Well, Brian, man, appreciate you taking the time. It's so great to catch up and can't wait to see what you do next, man. Thanks a lot. I thank you. I really appreciate it.